everybody. Welcome to Improvability, where we show you how the skills of improvisation can enhance your career, your relationships, and your life. I'm Al Admire. And I'm Pat Finn. And today we're talking about uh, something that a lot of people are talking about, particularly in the business world, which is the importance of creativity. Creativity is one of those kind of like buzzwords, you know, even, oh, she's creative, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of like it's a compliment, but sometimes people say it as if they're surprised or amused by it. Like you're not supposed to be creative. Yeah. I think like most people tend to be in some facet or another, I think. Well, I think that most people don't realize they can be creative. I mean, my, I remember distinctly my father telling me that he didn't have a creative bone in his body, which wow. was not true right but he had you know he worked the same job for as you did back then for 40 years retired with a pension you know and he never had an opportunity to do anything creative in fact one of the one of the uh things that I always got a kick from my both my mom and my dad were from the the midwest and grew up in the depression was when I started making documentary films and I remember distinctly calling them and saying, hey, guess what? Something amazing happened. And they said, what? And I said, I'm nominated for an Emmy Award. Yeah. And they said, that's fantastic. And you know what else? Your cousin Clara just got a job at the Illinois State Prison as a prison guard. (laughs) Literally. Right. So those things in their minds were... Equal. Yeah, the same. That's, you know, <laughs> I hadn't thought of this until I knew exactly where to go, where to transition uh, from that into the prison world. That's so funny. Yeah, it's, well, I, I, it's, I think it's always wild that, I mean, obviously in the quote unquote arts, um, you know, music and painting and things like that, um, people might be more creative or a little bit more creative per se than just, you know, a standard accountant. That's not to say that accountants aren't wonderfully creative. Bob Newhart was an accountant. It's, I will say that, you know, with what we do uh, with our company, Improbability, um, that's one of the biggest uh, kind of walls, I think, that, that we have sometimes when mm-hmm. you get somebody who's like, this is a great idea. I really like this. But, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not creative, though. So maybe we should just get a magician. Right. Uh, and that's it. And, th- and the beauty of it is that I, I truly believe uh, – even your dad, I think everybody's creative. I really do some sort of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a, just one of our traits, I think, as people. Well, and the one of the things that we try to focus on, there is obviously conspicuous creativity, which is, you know, artists and writers and filmmakers and things like that. But everybody has the opportunity to be creative at some point in their life, even if it's just in your career or in how you focus on your relationship or your relationship with your kids or how you coach the soccer team. I mean, there are opportunities for creativity. And one of the things we want to talk about is how you get that today and why it's hard for some people to be creative. Um, I did a little research, which I know is always not a good thing. Uh, What I found out was improvisation allows the part of the brain that humans use to express themselves, which is called the medial prefrontal cortex, you may want to write that down, to become more active while at the same time the part of the brain responsible for self-inhibition and control, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, to become more dormant. So basically, in order to improvise successfully and become more creative, you need to consciously learn to turn off the part of your brain responsible for self-monitoring. Now, you know this from being on stage in improv, and I'm sure, yeah. you, you know, I've been amazed at the stuff that comes out of my mouth. 
without even thinking about it. And what you have to do is trust that experience and, and not go back to those things that you know, but live in that moment and let it take over. Right. The, the, the cool thing about the concept of improvisation, not necessarily, you know, shows, well, it, it, it's, it works there too, but improvisation creates a world that's a, that kind of a no judgment zone. And when that happens and people understand that, then they're free to make a choice they perhaps might not if they feel they're going to be judged upon it. So when they know they're not, then they're free to say it. And, in, and right. when it's met with support as opposed to judgment or snickering, um, then it's even more flourishing, which is really kind of cool. And, and that's why I think creativity just uh, is rampant in improvisation is because it's such an accepting world right. uh, for somebody to be in. It has to be. Yeah. And I think I, I, I agree completely. And I also think another thing that keeps people from embracing creativity is, you know, basically as humans, knowledge is what got us here from the time we're born to now. We've tried things, we've learned things, there are things we know, things that we are comfortable with. Yeah. Um, you've been learning these lessons your whole life, but that knowledge, I think, is also sometimes limiting because when you look at the problem, any problem, you tend to, to, to visualize a solution to that problem through the lens of only your previous experiences, and I think that that's somewhat self-limiting. To become more creative, you've got to learn to let go of the self-imposed boundaries set by what you know, mm -hmm. and embrace what's possible. And I think that's what improv is all about, is that, you, you know, you can't be on stage saying, well, if I said this, people might laugh, or if I said this, yeah. this skit might go this way. You just got to say the first thing that comes into your head by accepting, you know, you've done all the, the basics, you, you've actively listened, you've accepted what the person next to you have said, you're motivated to move forward in a direction, but that's what all leads to creativity. Yeah, and the, co the cool thing about it is that um, when you're with somebody uh, in a scene or in a game uh, or even in a meeting, um, they could be creative with you, which in turn helps you to be more creative. I could walk out and be like, you know, uh, hey, officer, what's the problem? Well, all of a sudden now you're a policeman. Exactly. Um, you know, so you now have to be creative and it doesn't work if you're like, uh, yeah, I'm not a cop. I'm a doctor. It just kind of <laughs> shuts everything down. There's no creativity to, to happen from that because you weren't letting creativity flow. So, um, I, I, and I heard this and I thought it was incredibly, uh, interesting to me for two reasons. I didn't know LinkedIn did surveys, but apparently LinkedIn, wow. uh, did a, yeah, they do. So I, I was reading some of them and one of them kind of, uh, jumped out at me, and uh, it was uh, 1,500 CEOs mm -hmm. were were questioned or interviewed, um, and what transpired was the number one leadership skill mm -hmm. that they felt an employee had to have was creativity, which was wild because you know back in you know when your dad was working it was right. like hard work and gumption that's all we need exactly to run this. and it's but it's so true. If somebody's creative, they can handle things. They have adversities. It's not a huge deal to them. They follow the fear. Um, they're able to make uh, decisions without being kind of overcome. Right. And it it's, makes total sense uh, that someone who's creative is a better leader uh, and is, would probably be a more valuable employee. But 
Uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Well, you can see why. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense in that you can you can adapt. You can you know you can adapt to whatever situations put in front of you by letting go of the things you know and looking for the possibilities of solutions that actually work. Yeah, and I think that's a kind of person that people tend to gravitate towards or work harder for, which is uh, which is really cool. I just thought it was just an interesting kind of a tidbit that I probably wouldn't have thought of that being the case, like that was number one. But after reading it, you're like, yeah, that actually makes complete sense. So Right. Well, I'm, you know, I think uh, improv fuels creativity and mm-hmm. creativity fuels innovation. Yeah. You know, so I think you have to learn to let go of the things you think you know uh, to embrace any new ideas or concepts. I mean, I, th- I know that you've had situations like that in your own life. I mean, even a Aside from it, I mean, we talk about improv a lot, but I mean, there are always things that happen where, you know, you got to be creative in a, in a situation, just an everyday situation. Yeah, I tend to, um, you know, it's it's funny when uh, I met Chris uh, Farley at school. I think the biggest attraction to his friendship was that we were kind of of like mind, if you will. We just yeah. liked the idea of sense of humor and almost dissected skits or stand-up routines to why was that funny what what was so great about that bit moment whatever it was and then right. on a more grand stage uh, I think when I got to the Improv Olympic in Second City in Chicago um, it's almost like I left my village and went to another village with all these people that were the same as me like they kind of had these creative thoughts and they kind of had these um, ideas of you know, working on improvisation and making people laugh and you kind of wanted to be with them. Right. So even if you were doing shows in front of five people, you were still growing and learning, but everybody, it was almost like somebody who loves Dungeons and Dragons, you know, finding their group or somebody who loves golf. It's just, it was these people and the people were, you know, when I got there, it was like the Tim Meadows and the Joel Murray and Dave Pasquese and, um, you know, and then it was Keckner and Colbert and Carell and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And this is like name drop craziness right but but that's what it was and and you got everybody got along because everybody was there for the same common goal and everybody supported each other that was the other thing I think that I really uh relished my time at Second City and the Improv Olympic was because there there really wasn't any competition you know where so many things are like I want to get on stage right I mean of course you want to be on stage as much as you can but if somebody had a great bit, joke, scene, set, whatever it was, right. you applauded that. You're like, wow, Amy, that was fantastic. Rachel, man, that yeah. character was great. And in turn, they supported you with things. So I think it it, right. it was the first time I kind of found uh, a common denominator with a large group of people, yeah. which was really cool. And creativity was, yeah. was, you know, we found different types of improvisation because creativity was allowed to exist, you know, different forms. Right. Well, I think that's one thing people, you know, people listen and say, you know, of course you can be creative. You're up on a stage doing improv. You know, I'm I'm an accountant or I'm a, you know, but I, I think people don't realize that even within improvisation, there are some rules. For example, at Second City, you do long format improv. So within that long format mm-hmm. Uh, context there are, there are rules or certain things you do or there's certain ways that it works you know I when I was doing improv we only did short form and we did you know you just said uh, if you go up and say you know hello doctor and and the other guy would respond I'm not a doctor I'm a uh, I'm a lawyer 
That's exactly what we did. Okay. We, oh, wow. we so so we tore down the fourth wall. We would then ask the the audience, didn't he didn't he see that I was a doctor? Obviously, I'm wearing a stethoscope. Okay. You know, so but within those parameters of improvisation, there are rules that you have to live by, even in there. But even with those rules, that creativity can flourish because what you're doing is turning off primarily that part of your brain that's limiting you to only look at things in one way. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I remember kind of early on, uh, and it's kind of like a little inside joke in the, in the improv community uh, at large, but in the beginning, uh, there was a time where every group uh, backstage before a show uh, before they went up, the stage manager would come back and say, hey, you know, two minutes uh, to places. And, um, you know, everyone says, thank you. And then now, you know, in two minutes, you're going up on stage. And there was right. something that happened. I thought we thought it was it was it's kind of hokey, but it, it makes a lot of sense. And it was um, everyone would go and pat everybody on their back and say, I got your back. I got your back. I got. you." Oh, back. nice. Yeah. So it was just kind of like and physically touching someone on their back to be like, I got your back, you know, and you're kind of like, you're telling people this while people are patting you on the back. So it's almost, you know, like you're going off to, you know, slay the comedy dragon, uh, but you know, you've got everybody with you. So it creates yeah, a world. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's really cool. That's so safe. that creativity um, is abound. But you had a, I mean, you had a, didn't you have one time uh, in a job interview, you had like some, some, somebody threw you a, a ringer out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It, it was. It's funny. I was doing like comedy at night and I'm like, I don't know if this improv is going to pay the bills so well. <laughs> uh, so I was kind of hedging my bet and trying to get into the business world. And I had a interview at a, you know, those embassy suites, you know, the hotels. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was um, it was in an embassy suites and I had like an interview and it was like a callback for another interview. For, it was for an air freight company. And um, I was in the lobby and you sit next to a phone and there's other people and and the phone rings and it says, come on up to room 408, whatever. So I said, oh, okay, great. So I had my little suit on and my briefcase yeah. and I put the elevator and went up to the, to the room. And I was greeted by a gentleman who's actually his job is to hire people for this company. That's all he does. What was in the briefcase? Uh, probably just like a legal pad and socks or something. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just what people had back then. Remember, it was like, like, oh, I'm a businessman. I've got things <laughs> in here to be, you know. <laughs> to be perused um but so he introduced himself and there was probably five or six other people and embassy suites have the kind of bedroom and then out, uh, uh, then it has like a little mini living room and it was about three in the afternoon something like that and it was uh everybody kind of had a 10 minute slot and uh so we did it and i was like wow this is going really well and at one point he turns and he says you're you've said a few times you're a people person. I said, yeah, I like people and get along with people and blah, blah, blah. Creative. And he <laughs> said, um, why don't you, we'll time you. Why don't you for one minute go over conversation with the maid who's out in the hallway? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, I can talk to people. And I walked out. I'm like, hi, how are you? And they're all standing there and he's got his it's like stopwatch. And she said something back in Spanish of which I don't know or could understand. And I was like, oh, this could be a long minute. And I, I, I think I, I only knew a few words. So I grabbed some soap and I counted and I was like, I got eight pieces of soap. And I was like, Ocho, <laughs> because I knew eight. 
And um, I don't remember like much after that, but somehow I, 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 uh, I was like, El Talo. And she would kind of laugh and she was, didn't get what was going on. I certainly right. didn't want to be unkind, but, um, but we kind of finished and she kind of smiled and went away and I turned back around and they're like, wow, it was, I don't know if that was impressive, but yeah. it was kind of, and I was like, great. And I'm like, this is amazing. These people are so excited for me. I'm <laughs> going to get this job. And, uh, the guy said, Hey, I don't, I don't know if you want to do this. Uh, I don't know if it's legal or ethical. And you certainly don't have to. But uh, the next person is on his way up for the job. And uh, it's the last person of the day. Would you like to interview him? And I was like, you want me to interview the next person? And they said, yeah, you don't have to. And I was like, I, I don't know. And he said, well, it doesn't matter. It's, you're still, if we're going to hire you for the job, this wouldn't make or break it by any means. But we just want to let's see if, if that's something you would do. I thought you were going to say uh, it's not legal or ethical. Do you know what cocaine is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm like, oh my gosh. And there's a knock on the door and uh, I took off my sport coat and loosened my tie and rolled up my sleeves. And this guy came in and, you know, my age and he obviously was the exact same person I was coming through the door 10 minutes earlier. And um, I was like, hi, how are you? Uh, I'm Pat. And he goes, oh, hi, Pat. I'm, you know, Malcolm. I said, great. And then I realized I don't know anybody's name or remembered anybody's name. And I was like, well, I'm just going to let the team introduce themselves. And so they all said, hi, I'm Carl and blah, blah, blah. And so he sat down. It was me and him. And the whole time I wanted to be like, I'm one of you. I'm, I, I was you 10 minutes ago. And I was like, great, great. Uh, so tell me about yourself. Uh, and I just kind of talked to him because I certainly didn't want to derail his interview right exactly wouldn't be cool. so i just found out like where and it's funny all my questions were like oh yeah you like the bears <laughs> nothing <laughs> to do with business whatsoever it was like we were two guys at o'hare and um then he said well tell me about your quarterly projections for next year <laughs> and i was like okay first of all i gotta up my interview game because i never <laughs> even thought of that second of all i have no idea so i kind of turned and i said carl why don't you uh you want to field this one and he said, sure, sure. So they started talking, and I kind of got up and walked away. I went over to the phone, and I said, uh, I said yeah, can you get a, a six-pack on ice and a uh, bunch of sandwiches? And could you have it rushed up here, like, immediately and, and put an extra $25 on the bill as a tip uh, if you can get up here uh, fast? And uh, they're like, sure. So uh, I come back, and we're kind of finishing up the interview, and then uh, 10 minutes later, he's done. Everybody shakes hands. He leaves. And I'm like, I got to get out of here because they're going to either, A, ask me to do something else um, or just because I'm at, I'm at the apex of this interview. Right. And, and I kind of go for the door and I'm like, well, I can't leave now because I'm going to get in the elevator with this guy. You know, we're going to both walk to our, you know, little Toyota Corollas or whatever. It's, so I kind of stayed, let him go in the elevator. And I kind of turned and said, thanks a lot. And they had really nice things to say. And I went, we'll keep you posted, blah, blah, blah. And I got my coat and my briefcase. As I opened the door, there was somebody from room service with a giant tub of, of beer on ice uh, and sandwiches all around it. And uh, one of the guys goes, uh, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we ordered that. And I'm like, sure, you guys are working hard. I'm sure somebody ordered this. And I kind of winked and they all kind of were like, well done. And as I left, he wheeled the beer and sandwiches in and I got the job two days later. 
And the funny thing is that uh, the guy who you interviewed probably yeah. saw you in the lobby. That's and so when yeah. he came up and saw you, he's probably thinking, "Man, these people promote from within really quickly. <laughs> they hire super fast. <laughs> you didn't have time to go to HR." Uh, but yeah, it was, and it's one of those. It's funny. I remember at Second City, uh, Shelton Patinkin, I think, was directing us, and I told him that story, and I wanted to do that as a skit. Yeah. And it never worked. And he's like, sometimes... Right. Because it, it's always truth right. in comedy. is always one of the things you, you're taught in Second City. And, and what's wild was he goes, sometimes things are so truthful, right. yet unbelievable, that it's hard for people to, to right. um, accept it as comedy. So it's like, oh, I don't know if that would happen. Which is funny, because in improv, you could be like, I'm the mayor of the moon. He's like, oh, hi, mayor. I voted for you. <laughs> But that's pure creativity, right? I mean, right. you took an opportunity where you didn't, all you had to do was let go of the things you knew uh, yes. and just go with it and let, let things happen. Exactly. But, but somebody right now, you know, driving um, their car all of a sudden pulls up to take a right on a street and it says road closed. Well, right there. You have to improvise. You have to do something. Same. You have to be, you're not just going to sit there and be like, well, it looks like I'm sleeping here tonight. Yeah. Um, and that's creativity as well. You're yeah. doing something out of the norm, out of what's expected. Um, and I think it's a really fun place. It's a really fun place to be. Well, if there's one point that we'd like you to go away with, it's that creativity is not just in music and art and theater. It's in your everyday life. And you can become more creative by just focusing on letting go of the things you know and allowing those other possibilities to seep into your mind. And having the, you know, we've talked in the past about uh, creating motivation, following your fear, um, letting those things happen. Don't be afraid. Let things happen and take a chance. Take a risk. What's the worst that can happen? Totally. I totally agree. And, and, and that's kind of what we do when, when people are like, well, what do you guys do when you come to companies and, and, and do this seminar or event or weekend or whatever it is? Uh, that's kind of what we do. We almost kind of help people to become more creative or almost remember that creative muscle and strengthen it. Uh, and that's what improvisational does. So um, that's, again, when people ask us, what is improbability? What do you guys do? How do you come to companies? This is what we do. We, we tell some stories. We uh, ask, uh, ask people to come up and volunteer. And we slowly start to do games and exercises. And all of these things start to come to fruition. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty cool thing. So. And that thing I said earlier, you know, about being on stage and opening my mouth and just being amazed. One of the things I love when we do the seminars, particularly of businesses, is that by the end of the day, there's always somebody up on stage who, through one of our games, says something and you can just see on their face, did I say that? Yeah. You know, exactly. it was just, they've, they've reached yeah. that kind of nirvana where they've just let go and that's pure creativity and that's what we want to encourage you to do in your career, your life, and your relationships. Yeah, very cool. No, it's, 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 it's wonderful to see, especially like you said, at the end of a seminar, that people are almost childlike right. because they've right. found this playful world again. And that's everything you need to know about creativity. We, uh, uh, Pat and I, again, own a company called Improvability. You can reach us at www.improv-ability.com, either Al at or Pat at. We'd love to hear from you with any questions you have. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm Al Admire. And I'm Pat Finn. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.